The thing about workouts is that we can approach them with ease or push, bliss or struggle. It can be something we get to do or something we have to do. If you're really honest with yourself, how many times do you just show up for the workout to check it off your list or because you think that's what you should be doing? And is that really how you want to feel? I'm guessing you probably want to feel good. You do it because you want to feel strong. So to feel good and strong, guess what? You're going to want to find your flow. And in this episode, I'm going to share simple ways you can find your workout flow for experiencing that level of enjoyment and bliss that you're probably after when you move your body. So what is flow? Flow is actually the sense of effortless action in the moments that stand out as the best in our lives. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi coined this term, and he described it as a physiological state of complete absorption in the current experience. He said that the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. So flow is something that you've probably felt before. It happens when you're doing a workout that you love. It happens when you're in a really engaging conversation and you don't realize that several hours have passed or you're writing and you're so swept up by inspiration that you just can't pull yourself away. Or when you're running and you easily hit the splits that you went out to reach, you are crushing the hills, you're flying along the trail, you're just joyfully lost among the rocks and roots of the single track. That is flow. When you're in flow, your concentration locks onto the task at hand. You feel unstoppable. You feel confident that you have what it takes to meet the challenge. The energy that you spend almost feels effortless. And your awareness of what you're doing is totally tapped into that experience. It's considered a peak experience because it's the essence of being alive, of being happy, of being present and in that moment. And we do most things that bring flow for us for the process and that feeling that we get when we're doing it. Think of cooking or running or writing or painting. These are activities that often people find flow in. But on top of the good feelings, we're actually most happy and successful in those things in our life where we experience flow. Csikszentmihalyi also said, a joyful life is an individual creation that cannot be copied from a recipe. And the way I see it when we're talking about workouts is that a joyful workout is an individual creation that cannot be copied from a training plan. So for me, moving my body, running is an awesome way to experience flow, but I also get into flow easily when mountain biking. It's the times when I am moving my body, sweating, getting those endorphins flowing that I experience flow. And in turn, it increases my motivation to go back out and do them because the experience is so enjoyable. So if you're someone who isn't finding that state of flow right now, or maybe you've never really experienced it and you're wanting to know more about how to get this in your workouts and in your life, then there's no cookie cutter formula because it is an individual creation, but I'm going to share five ways that can help you in finding your flow. And the first way is to make sure there are clear goals every step of the way and immediate feedback on your progress. So in other words, you know what you have to do and you know how well you're doing it. 
So if you were running a race, you would know what distance you're completing or what you have to achieve to finish. You know exactly how well you're doing because you can see your time or the mileage splits that you're ticking off along the way. You know whether you're winning or losing, right? Or for a non-workout example, if you have a financial goal, you know the number you're going for and you're tracking it so that you can see your progress and see how well you're meeting it. So goals have to be clear. People are happiest when they do things that are clear. So research actually shows that people report better moods and feelings when they're confronted with challenging tasks that have clear objectives, which is why breaking down large goals into smaller manageable steps is really critical to allow that positive energy to flow through the experience as well. Because if you are breaking it down into small goals, it's going to help you to kind of have that check mark of knowing that you're on your way. And breaking down those goals into smaller manageable steps is something that you're going to check in with often. So it will continue to keep you in that state of flow and giving you that consistent feedback on your goals. So for example, if you want to run a half marathon, you'll get feedback by checking off the mileage that you're doing each week as you progress towards that. Or if it's just a single run and you're going 10 miles, you get feedback by checking the mile splits as you go. Or maybe you're struggling to get out for a run and you decide to just go out and run for 20 minutes because you know you can just do that. You set the watch, you commit to running for that duration of time. Now you've shown yourself that you can do it. You can get out there. And then you decide to go for another 10 minutes after that first 20 because you feel even better than you did. So when you just do something and feel it, you get confidence that more is possible and how you can move from there. It's all that feedback that you're looking for. And this kind of reminds me of what we talked about in the recent episode on using intuition to guide your workouts. And sometimes if you're not sure what to do that day or you're really sensing nothing from your body, you just go out and you try something. When you do that, you can get into flow state by then checking it off and saying, okay, I did that, giving yourself that feedback that that's possible, and then maybe deciding to go more. Writing down your goals in a workout journal is also going to be a way to get more clear on the goals that you have, which will then help you to follow that immediate feedback and make sure you're getting feedback on your progress. So in the show notes, make sure you check out the link to the free workout journal that I have for you. The second way to help you find your flow is to make sure there's a balance between challenges and your skills at the time. So what I mean is flow only occurs when the skills that you believe you have are matched to the challenge that you're facing. So if the challenge is too little, then you're likely to feel pretty bored. And if the challenge is too great, then you'll get anxious and intimidated. But challenges we face and the skills that we have to meet them are often self-perceived. So remember that. It may help to think of that moment that you've been in a workout and you felt that first sign of fatigue. You might feel a little panic or doubt your ability to keep up. That inner critic starts to jump in and tell you how out of shape you are. But whether it's running, yoga, biking, or teaching in front of a group of people, you have the skills to meet the challenge. Your ability to have the most positive peak experience actually depends on the belief of your skills and how you're doing. So do you believe you have what it takes? 
Self-doubt is actually the quickest way to move you out of flow and interfere with the balance between challenges and skills. So you have to ask yourself, is it really that I don't have the skills or am I just kind of having an off day? Is it really that I don't have the skills to do this or have I just not done it in a while? You know, I feel that way sometimes when I go out mountain biking and I haven't gone for a while. It just takes me a little bit, maybe a ride or two of going consistently to feel balanced and coordinated on the bike again. And instead of beating myself up and thinking that I have gotten worse, I just realize that I need to be patient and give myself some time to get back into it. So pay attention to that inner critic, pay attention to self-doubt and whether it's actually that your skills aren't matching up with what you're challenging yourself to. And maybe you need to balance those out a little bit more to be in flow. Or if you just are having a certain day where you're not feeling uh, as high of skill level and it's okay to drop the challenge to meet that, but it doesn't mean that next time you can't adjust that. So challenges and skills can adjust and from workout to workout, you know, you might find different results. So first examine whether your goal is challenging enough. Like, do you feel it's a stretch or does it feel comfortable and realistic? And make sure to set it beyond comfortable and realistic. Turn the dial up a little bit. And then also from there, then you can check in with adjusting the challenge based on your goals. So if you're on your way there and you start to doubt your ability to meet it, you can fall back to a less intimidating goal. You can regain that challenge skills balance and focus on moving forward rather than giving up. And in that state, you might even be able to skill up to meet that bigger goal because now you've regained your confidence. So it is something that you might need to adjust. I actually really like this technique from Raymond Aaron about goals, which is he calls them MTO goals. And the M is for minimum. The T is for target. The O is for outrageous. And the idea is that if you have only one ideal goal and you have that moment of doubt where you think the challenge is too great for your ability, you become overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, you protect yourself and withdraw from meeting the goal. You might create excuses. You might fail to reach it altogether. But the M for minimum is what minimum goal you're going to go for. The target is actually a step up from that and what's actually the target and then O is for outrageous. Like what's the one that's a big stretch? So when you have kind of that continuum of goals, you can adjust as I was talking about with the challenge. Once you have those goals in mind and you have that continuum, then you can adjust based on where you're at that day, where your skill level is. You can adjust the challenge that you're putting yourself up to so that you feel that you're reaching for it a little bit, not that you're always meeting it and just feeling comfortable, but that you're, it's like comfortably hard in a sense, you know, you feel confident, but you also feel like you're being stretched. And that's something that you can only come up with yourself, that you can only know how well that's going. So just check in with it and remember to balance those skills with your challenge as you go. The third thing to help you with flow is to make sure you're motivated to do it well. When it comes to motivation, it, there can be different ways that we experience motivation. There can be intrinsic motivation. It's when we do something because we love it. Csikszentmihalyi said the highest intrinsic motivation is a flow state where self-consciousness is completely lost and one surrenders completely to the moment and time means nothing. 
But extrinsic motivation is when your motivation to do something is controlled externally, like working hard to earn more money or to win a competition. And that type of motivation is short-lived, even though there's nothing wrong with it. But extrinsic motivation is also when you're training and you may still need a coach or personal trainer to validate your efforts. So it's something outside of you that is going to be a goal that you reach and it's short-lived because you're going to get it and then that's not going to be a goal anymore, or it can be something outside of you that you need validated with your efforts because you are going for it, but you still kind of need that confirmation, like I said, from a coach or a personal trainer. So feedback is valuable in flow, and you want to make sure you're getting it, whether that be internally or externally, but ideally you get some of both. Ideally you have this intrinsic motivation that you're doing it because you want to experience that flow state that we're talking about. And it's totally okay to have extrinsic motivators as well. I think most of us usually do, but just feed into both and make sure that you do know what your motivators are because that will help you to line up with flow as well. The fourth way to help find flow is to increase concentration. So focused attention is absolutely crucial to the experience of flow. Concentrating helps you raise your level of skill usually to meet the challenge because you're better able to put energy towards that. And really, if you think about it, to get better at anything, you usually need to show up with a strong mental game, right? And sometimes if we're talking about workouts, which we are, then physical effort too. And if you think about it like this, complete concentration on what you're doing at the present moment with no room in your mind for any other information, that is intense focus. That is going to help you get into flow. So if you are in your workout and you're having trouble getting to that place of intense concentration, one strategy that helps me is I think of those times when I'm in the middle of a hard workout and it's challenging, but I'm practicing feeling confident. So when it's challenging like this, I often count my steps as I run because when it's super challenging, sometimes that interferes with my ability to focus. Like if I'm trying to strategize or think of numbers, it really takes me a long time to process that through my head at the time. Um, but that's thinking about something else and not being in the moment. So when I do want to come into the moment and really up my skills to meet that challenge, then I do this with counting my steps. And you can also do this, by the way, with your in and out breath, just like you do with breath awareness and yoga or meditation. You can try this while running or cycling or even swimming. You can count your strokes. Just merge the action and awareness. Merge the action and your awareness of it because it really does bring you to a state of flow. So if I'm running, I will literally just start to count my steps when it's getting hard. And that brings me into that peak state of energy. It really works. It's so simple and it's so easy to do, but you should try it. It's uh, pretty amazing how that shifts things around. And another way to apply this to your life is to find your peak times when it's easier for you to concentrate. So it might not be in running or workouts, but just as a side for other things in life that you want to feel and flow for, whether it's your work or something else, like maybe the early mornings before the hustle of the day begins is a time when you find it easy to concentrate. Or maybe it's early in the workday when most people haven't arrived yet and they're still getting their coffee and settling down. Or maybe you find flow at your lunch hour when you can slip outside and get some 
thoughts that come to you that weren't coming when you were being distracted at work. Or maybe it's evenings where you find a quiet spot to work in or you find a quiet spot to relax in and then you feel like that's in flow because you can have this concentration. So whatever time you choose, just make sure it's a peak time for you to be able to feel focused. So if you get tired after lunch, for example, that fatigue may not be a great partner for focus and it might not be a great time to set aside that important focused concentration task because getting into flow might be a little more difficult. So find a time when you have a higher amount of energy and you can really concentrate because when your action and your awareness of the action are merged, that activity becomes almost automatic and your involvement in it seems almost effortless, even though it's really not. And that's the idea of flow. So when I think of these times when I'm really tired during a workout and my muscles are starting to burn, I like to do a positive body check-in at times. So instead of thinking about that part of my body that's tired and hurting or burning, I do a mental search for anywhere in the body that's feeling really good at the moment. So you can do a check-in from head to toe, looking for places that still feel ease, that still feel uh, like flow. And sometimes just taking your thoughts off of what's not feeling so flowy and tuning into what feels good is enough to shift you back into that positive state. So just as a recap for you to help you find your flow and workouts, be sure there are clear goals every step of the way and you're getting feedback on your progress. Make sure there is a balance between the challenge and your skills. Make sure that you have intrinsic and extrinsic motivators and you know what they are. Make sure you have the ability to get into a state where you can concentrate and have that intense focus. And lastly, for your action and awareness to merge. So your action and the awareness of that action itself merging. It kind of goes along with intense concentration, but it's subtly different. So whatever one resonates with you, I encourage you to take that one as always. And you can always come back to this episode and listen again. And in the show notes, you'll also find a link to the winter wild and well bonus workshop that's available for members of the wild. There's actually a winter yin meditation that goes along with it too. So if you happen to be in the winter season and you want to thrive and not just survive. And you also want to tap into knowing how to manage and thrive in your inner winter of your menstrual cycle, then this is for you. You can get it at jennyholbert.com slash 74, where you'll find the show notes and everything I mentioned in this episode. Did you know you can become a member of the wild? You'll get members only masterclasses, podcast episodes, and bonus resources, plus some other surprises coming very soon. Just go to jennyholbert.com forward slash wild members to find out more. And before you go, my friend, make sure you subscribe to the wild models podcast. If you don't want to miss any future episodes, and if you enjoyed it, would you be willing to share it with someone and write a review on iTunes? That helps more than you know and would be amazing. Thank you so much for listening, for showing up, and until we chat again, go live your one wild life.